Paul says, Wives, be subordinate to your husbands. Oh no. <laughs> Did he just say that? <laughs> yes. He just said that. And this is a passage that can make people uncomfortable. It can make people upset. And in Scripture, a good rule of thumb is when if you come across a passage that makes you uncomfortable or upset, don't run away from it. But ask for the Holy Spirit's insight and guidance. It's just a good rule in life. It's not always the right thing to do in life when something makes you uncomfortable or upset. But often, it can be helpful to kind of confront what's going on there. Uh, so we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance and just kind of go through this passage in the context of the rest of Scripture and salvation history piece by piece and ask the Lord what He wants to reveal to us. So first, it's important to note, what is St. Paul not saying? St. Paul is not saying that physical or psychological or emotional abuse within the sacrament of marriage is ever acceptable. What else is St. Paul not saying? If your husband asks you to do something immoral, should you do it? No. Never. Okay, we got that out of the way. So there are three different things I want, I want to highlight in relation to this passage. The first is about the relationship Saint Paul is saying. 
So the word that St. Paul uses that gets translated here as be subordinate means something like humbling yourself or putting yourself below or underneath. Does this mean that we put ourselves down? No, it doesn't mean putting yourself down. Um, but you can put yourself below, that is, put other people first or above you, attend to their needs before yours, without putting ourselves down or degrading ourselves. And it's notable that St. Paul uses this word not just about marriage. In the previous sentence, he says this. Brothers and sisters, be subordinate to one, one another out of reverence for Christ. So we're supposed to have this attitude with everybody we come across. Because everybody we come across is made in God's image and likeness. And it's also the case that the real burden of this passage falls on men. Paul spends twice as much time in this passage addressing men as he does addressing women. What does he say? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. Well, that raises the question, how did Christ love the church? Here's how Christ loved the church. Who can accept it? And that 
Jesus was talking about the gift of the Eucharist. He's just gone on for half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half, talking to the disciples about how in the Mass, what appears to be bread and wine becomes really Jesus' body and blood. And this is a pivotal moment in his ministry, because there are people who really like Jesus, who think he's sort of impressive and has nice things to say and does some cool miracles, who, when they hear that, decide to leave. We like you kind of as a friend, we like spending time with you, but this claim that you want to give yourself back completely for me, I'm going on. And what Jesus is talking about there, what makes his followers uncomfortable, is really the mystery that St. Paul is talking about too. Because when Jesus gives us the Eucharist, when he gives us his whole body and blood, he is emptying himself out completely for his bride in a, an almost marital way. And often we can start to doubt God's goodness his fidelity. But we should just remember, given the models of love that we often see, that the God we have is not like a 90-day fiancé. That there's no prenup with the Lord. That he doesn't come live with us for a little while and then flee when feelings fade. The Word became flesh and still dwells among us gives us this gift of the Eucharist. Through this gift of the Eucharist, he teaches us how to live our vocations. Teaches us that the ultimate goal of our life, our real joy, is not our satisfaction. It's not getting our own pleasure. It's not getting the things we want when we want them. The true joy of our life, as strange as it seems, is that. 